a lot of you won't talk to God through prayer and you won't hear from him through reading the word and you wonder why you're spiritually weak and right. why things are so difficult when it comes to your spirituality it's because you're not in his word you're not praying you're not memorizing scripture so that when you know you're attacked you have something to be able to answer it with the key is we need to remain in Christ Christ needs to be in us that's really the ticket This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I'm Bill McMinn, along with me, Adam Page from Makeville Bible Church, talking about John chapter 6 in the second part. And now they've seen a great miracle. Jesus Christ has fed 5,000 men. There are other people, too, with five loaves and two fish, which is amazing. He sends his disciples on. He walks on the water. He catches up. They're somewhere else. The crowds follow. And really, the crowds are not looking for the right thing. And that's they want Jesus Christ because they've seen signs. They want Jesus Christ now because they got fed. We got fed. We got food, so now we want to see Jesus Christ. And they're only thinking about that momentary need. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking past their next meal. Instead of thinking about, hey, there's a thing called heaven, there's something else. All I'm thinking about is the here and now, which I think is a mistake for us. We never want to think just about the here and now and forget about the things that are coming in the future. But they said, Jesus answered very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves, had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed a seal of approval. So the question then is, what is really important? I think that's what Jesus Christ is driving at. In this life, what's really important? You guys are all you're worried about is food. And this is similar to Matthew chapter 6, yeah. where seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. You guys are running out of food and clothing and everything else. And all we think about is the here and now, the here and now, the here and now. Our favorite show, our, what are we going to eat? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get to go do whatever it is we, we want to do? Will the Browns win their first game? Everything is on the here and now. What about the then and there? You know, what about coming up in the future? We got to put some thought in there too. Yeah. I mean, I think with the physical food, I mean, we, we hunger every day for food and we need it. And so we're always kind of looking towards that next meal or what's happening. Um, but do we hunger for spiritual food? You know, if, if you're only getting fed once a week at church, that's not enough, right? You know, to be in it and and to be you know being filled up by God and to pour it out into other people's lives. I think that's extremely important, and I think that's one of the things He's trying to show them is you know this is this is just temporary, right. but the spiritual food that we'll see leads to eternal life, and He is explaining to him that He is that right. He is the bread, right. No, it is. And when you talk about spiritual food, I, I just want to break down even a little bit more and just, we have a physical side. Jesus Christ acknowledges that. Yeah. Our physical side gets hungry. Our physical side gets tired. You know, we, we have the, the physical part of us and we take care of it and we clothe ourselves and so on. There's a physical part. We don't deny it. And even some people to the point, you know, they're concerned about how they look. And, you know, I think we have a pretty self-conscious society in America. You know, am I thin enough? Do I look good enough? What clothes am I wearing? Especially when you think of high school, which is just kicking back up, and even elementary Mm -hmm. school. I think it's kind of uh, filtering down even into those ages now. 
but there's also a spiritual side. Yeah. And sometimes we lose sight of just what about this thing called spirituality? Mm-hmm. Where we have a spiritual person, a spiritual part that also needs to be taken care of. Yeah. That also needs to be, let's say, clothed, that also needs to be fed. There's a spiritual side. And what are we feeding our spiritual side? Is it just, you know, rainforest bird sounds? Or <laughs> is there just looking at a sunset? Like what yeah. are we like what are we feeding our spiritual self? And Jesus Christ is going to say, That's me. That's a role that I have in life is to help you with your spiritual side because like your body needs food, your soul needs me. Well, I think we see it, you know, like, you know, when people fast, you know, they get they get physically weak and it's it's a hard thing to do and go through. And we, we know that it's difficult because we're not eating when everybody right. else is. You know, on the same side, um, when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that I always would tell the youth is don't go on a spiritual fast is a lot of you won't talk to God through prayer and you won't hear from him through reading the word. And you wonder why you're spiritually weak and why things are so difficult when it comes to your spirituality. It's because you're not in his word. You're not praying. You're not memorizing scripture so that when, you know, you're attacked, you have something to be able to answer it with. Right. And I think that's what Jesus is saying is, you know, come abide with me, learn. And uh, in, in doing so, I think you will become spiritually strong. You're still going to have trials in life and in hardships, but you'll be able to handle it in a whole different way, knowing he's right there beside you. Right. And he's going to say later on too, about the Holy Spirit, that it's going to be, the Holy Spirit's going to be there with them too. And he'll say in verse 63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. So we're going to talk about that spiritual side. You have to realize, I mean, there is a lot of help. I mean, there are times where you go into a situation and you don't know if you're up for the challenge. In other words, you're trying to do something to help people or even serve God. And you don't know that, hey, am I really up for this challenge? Am I able to do it, mm-hmm. and you pray about it, they got to give you strength. I've talked to couples, and there are times where they're really struggling treating each other nicely. And part of that is, listen, there's a lot of patience that comes from God. There's a lot of love that comes from the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need to keep you from coming unglued every time mm-hmm. you're a little bit provoked. You, have, you do have resources spiritually mm-hmm. that are going to give you the strength that you need to take on the challenges that life is throwing our way. And Christ is very much an access point for that. He's very much one who grants the Holy Spirit, very much one who forgives, very much one who helps us. He is truly, he goes, you believe in me, there's life there. Well, I think one of the the common excuses that I hear is, you know, that's how my dad was, that's how my mom was, or aunt and uncle or whatever. Well, then you need to learn a new way. Right. You need to figure out a way of how can I do this, that this is God honoring, this is God pleasing. Even if you say, hey, I'm not a Christian and I'm struggling in my marriage. Right. Well, God has a plan for you. He he has the book for you, This um, these instructions on marriage, on parenting, and in life in general. It's not... 
um, a law and a have to of trying to X out all your fun in life. It is to give you an abundant life, which is completely different than what most people think it is. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, what's not fun is not getting along. That's what's not fun. Yeah. And some of the people I talk to when they're not getting along and there's fighting and arguing and acrimony in their marriage and separation and distance and not fun. And it's anything but fun. And so you look at it, there's a real need that people have for Christ. And one of the things that he says here, he said that we need to do the work of God. And he said in verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. And that's the first thing. I want you guys to believe in me. And that's really where it starts, connecting with Christ, yeah. getting God involved in your life, coming to him and just simply believing. It says, if we believe, we will have eternal life. So they want a sign of manna. They had a momentary fix. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. He's, you're not going to come to God for help through Jesus Christ and him say no. It's not going to happen. You need help. You come to God. He's going to help you. Christ is going to be there for you. But you need to believe. And, and the challenge is, yeah. and you still don't believe. And sometimes we think, oh, no, you know, I don't really think Jesus is the answer to my problems. I think, you know, I need to read another self-help book, and I need to, you know, do this, or I need to separate, or I need to, mm -hmm. whatever it is that we think we need to do, mm -hmm. or we try to do things in our own strength, instead of, don't no, just come to God. If you would start your day in the Bible, you start your day in prayer, man, things would go so much better. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's wisdom in, in looking at God's word. I think the people at that time were looking, and even today, is we want to see it. God, right. show me a miracle, show me a sign, and then I'll believe. And Jesus is saying, no, it's the opposite. You need to believe, then you're going to see it. You're right. going to see the things that are going on. And I think it's so important with today of being able to go to wise counsel, whether it's a pastor or a Christian counselor versus going and putting, you know, your complaints about your spouse or your kids on Facebook and saying, what does the general counsel think I should do? You know, <laughs> instead of what does God say about this? Right. And, you know, coming at it from that point or somebody that knows the Bible or has been down the road a little bit, you know, and I think that's where older people in the church are a huge benefit that you can go to that have a healthy marriage and say, how did that work for you? What advice could you give me? And, and that's a, an amazing thing to have in your so, life. I don't know. I think Facebook bleeding is so much more fun. And... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I am shocked sometimes by the things I see people put out there. And you know, they're just trying to get at somebody and oh, make yeah. some snarky comment about something. And you just shake your head. And I don't, I tend not to look at Facebook too much these days because it's just not really a place for me because I can't stand some of the stuff. But I've noticed it for years that people, if they have a problem, something's bothering them, they're going to air the dirty laundry right out there. You'd be better, way better off. Get by yourself, think about what you're about to say, and just go to God and pray about it. A lot better <laughs> off. But in verse 40, it says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I'll raise Him up to the last day. And one of the big points of this chapter, I mean, it's not just life like food gives you strength and Jesus is going to give you strength for living, but there's eternal life. And that is one of the most significant things that there is. And when you stand with a yeah. family, to be able to assure them that there is eternal life if their loved one has faith in Jesus Christ, and knowing that that loved one did have faith in Christ, that's pretty significant because we want to believe and understand that we're going to see our loved ones again when they die or that if we die and something happens to us, that this isn't all that there is. And we're not making a huge sacrifice because there's another life. I would hope that all people 
would be interested in where their soul is going to spend eternity. And knowing that Jesus Christ is definitely that safety zone. He is definitely that pathway into heaven. Yeah, and I think, you know, these people there are, are kind of coming at it the same way we would. Uh, I just thought you were uh, the son of Joseph. I just thought right. you were a regular yeah, carpenter right. guy. Um, but he says he, he came from heaven to do the will of God. And right. if we are in him and we believe in him and we have eternal life, that that we will be with him. We're secure and we're safe in that. And I that he is the, the word that took on flesh, that he is the Logos, you know, as it talks about there in John 1, 1 and 1, 14. Right. And when, I think when you see that, the difference, difference in it, um, it it's pretty amazing of what he can do in and through your life right for sure i think too when you think about when one of the things that he's saying is no one comes can come to the father unless the father who sent me draws them and i'll raise them up the last day again a focus on eternal life the hope that we have of heaven hey you guys are hoping for a meal i'm mm-hmm. giving you heaven you're, you know, one meal is not worth heaven any more than when Esau was trading his birthright, his inheritance for a pot of stew, basically, because he was hungry. And that's all he could think about as one of the biggest mistakes he ever made was to say, yeah, what's the point of me having a birthright when I'm so hungry? Mm-hmm. And so he traded in something of lasting value for something that was only going to satisfy him for maybe another six, seven, eight hours. Jesus Christ is on the same thing. You guys want me to throw down some manna. I'm telling you, I am the manna. Yeah, I am manna. I am the bread of life. I'm the one. You guys got to lift your eyes above your next meal and some physical appetite you have and right right now and think about eternal life because that's way more significant and so christ is trying to help them to understand guys listen i'm not i'm not just here to feed you yeah a meal that's not going to satisfy you he did not come here to be chef boyardee all right (laughs) he didn't that's not his purpose his purpose is so that we can have eternal life. Yeah. And that's something we can't lose sight of because we do talk about Jesus Christ giving us strength and it's extraordinarily significant that Christ is going to help me keep my attitude right. Christ is going to help me keep my tongue in check. Christ is going to answer prayers and he's going to intercede for us and those things are all great to know. But what does any of that really matter yeah. if I didn't have eternal life? As Jesus at one time says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? if he loses his own soul and and there is no gain christ is talking about what is ultimately the most significant thing there is and that is to have a clear path to heaven to have our sins forgiven know that we'll be okay and he says this is simple belief in me yeah get on the jesus bus (laughs) get your free ticket step on i we really need to put our faith in him I think this is one of the, the points for them where they just can't handle it anymore. And they begin to grumble of, you know, I, you know are you telling me, Jesus, that all roads don't lead to heaven? That I just can't be a good Jewish guy and get to heaven? That I have to have a relationship with you? I just can't be a good person and get to heaven? Um, and the, there has to be divine help to get me there. Um, you know, and this whole idea that he is the bread of life, they get to the point now where they're, they're grumbling and they're upset with him. He's losing his popularity with the group. And we can kind of see where it starts to eventually lead to the crucifixion. Um, when he's, and he's telling them, 
you know, as we see in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but through me. That's a very narrow road, and that's a very controversial statement when you think all roads lead to heaven, and he's saying, no, there's only one way to heaven, and it's through me. It's the right. narrow path. And I think as they see that, um, it it but divides you know, them. You know why some people don't follow Jesus? Because he didn't do what they wanted, and that's the same thing yeah. right here. They're not going to follow Jesus Christ because they really don't want to hear that you need to believe in me. No, Jesus, we want food now. We want what we want right now. And if you're not going to give us this temporary fix that we're looking for, we're really not interested because they're not, their mind is not on, mm-hmm. not on the spiritual things. And I think that's why Jesus Christ, again, makes that comment. You, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. These are people not drawn by God because they can't get the spiritual significance of Jesus. All they can get is, what am I getting out of it? They've got, like you said earlier, a consumer mentality. They're not, they just want to consume. They want to come, what's in it for me? Yeah. They're not really looking to put their faith in Jesus Christ in the way that he's asking them to. But with that said, there are people the Father is drawing, and you may be one of them that are listening right here and people will sense God in their heart tugging at them, Mm -hmm. causing them to spiritually wake up, to start a desire to come to church. They know they need something. This is important, man. If you hear or sense that God is tugging on your heart for something you do not want, don't ignore that. Yeah. Well, it's like he says, if you seek me, you will find me. And I think it's so easy today to sit on your couch or to look at your phone or your tablet or whatever it may be and to try to get church into your life that way with the way society is. And I don't even want to go outside, but to say, you know, God wants us to be together. He wants us in community to have that encouragement because life is tough and to be able to have those Christians around you that can spur you on in your faith and your spiritual walk that can help you so that you are being fed by somebody that has gone to school for this, that knows the Bible and wants to explain it to you so you can better understand it and have a deeper walk with Christ. Right, absolutely, because we're supposed to abide him. He said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, I'll raise him up the last day. Now, Some people think there's confusion here in Christianity today because some people are thinking, well, that's literally I have to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Literally, he's talking spiritually, clearly. Mm -hmm. But that's why you get in some traditions where, oh, the the bread in communion turns into the literal body of Christ and the juice turns into the literal blood of Christ. That is not what he's saying. That's never happened to me. No. He said, for my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains me and I in them. The key is remain in me. I'm yeah. going to remain in you. Mm-hmm. That that there's a connection. Just like if I eat a meal, it's going to connect with me and give me energy. Because sometimes when you are tired, if you do eat, it lifts you up for sure. Yeah. My blood remains. It remains in me, this person, and I in them. We need to remain in Christ. Christ needs to be in us. That's really the ticket. And again, verse 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. 
Well, I think that we we see this here. He hasn't instituted, you know, the Lord's Supper yet or communion. Um, so this isn't something that they're familiar with, that kind of terminology. So, I mean, he's really, the, the blood is the life force, and he is coming to them of this is a sacrifice, and this is what's going to be the atonement for sin, is his blood being spilt by dying on the cross for our sins. And we see that, and that absolutely changes everything. Because if he was seized by them and he became the king, then he's not dying on the cross for our sins. He did what God wanted him to do by coming and dying on that cross, which opens up the way for us to be able to have eternal life and to be able to have this whole life change experience with having him as our savior. I agree with that. I think that there's definitely a tie in there because his, his body would be broken on that cross, not bones, but when they whipped him, yeah, they put nails in him, they tormented him. He bled out. He died you know so I, I do think of that where he's talking about my life is given up for you for sure but i also think just like there was manna that they had to come and rely on that manna every day that we rely on jesus daily i don't mm-hmm. we don't want to get in that trap of hey jesus when i need you i'll i'll come get you kind of like hey i'm going to beach next week now i'm going to start getting in shape you're way late you know what I'm saying? Like you're mm-hmm. way behind it now. You got to be thinking about that. You should have been thinking about that and working on that all along. Better to exercise all the time. Better to be praying all the time. Better to be reading your Bible all the time. Better to have those consistent patterns of walking with Christ. That's what's far better. Because just like manna every day came and they, they ate of it and that sustained them. Christ literally sustains me spiritually. We could say without a doubt. Without Christ, there is no real spiritual life. And that's kind of where we started in the first place. Our spirituality comes from Christ. We have to focus on that. It's not just about the here and now. It's also about him. So I appreciate what Simon Peter said. And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life because other people are leaving him. So, yeah. And he says, we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And that's what John wants. He wants us to know that Jesus is the Holy One of God that he has the words of eternal life. There's really no one else to go to. So we hope this has been an encouragement to you. Uh, something that we've said is going to resonate with you and bounce around in your mind, and the Lord can use it for good. Uh, have a great and an awesome week.